If you have your Bible with you, we're turning to the book of Ruth in the Old Testament towards the start of the Old Testament. And we're going to read some verses from Ruth chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2, commencing to read at verse 1, reading the first 13 verses. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, go my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favour in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and your mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done. And a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me. And spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And we know that God always blesses the reading of his inspired word. Again, we're turning to God's word, Ruth chapter 2. If you have a Bible before you or on your phone, it would be useful to have it open And if you want a verse on which to focus tonight, might I suggest that you look at verse 10 of Ruth chapter 2. Verse 10 says, Then Ruth fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to Boaz, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner. 
Why have I found favour in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? I'm sure like me, you have often wondered why some families have more than their fair share of trouble and why other families seem to escape life relatively unscathed. When we come to the book of Ruth, we find a family who knew what trouble after trouble was like. You'll be familiar, I'm sure, with the narrative in this Old Testament story. There was a man called Elimelech, and he had a wife called Naomi. They had two sons, and they were living in Bethlehem. But unfortunately, a famine came to Bethlehem. And so Moab, or so um, Elimelech, took the decision that he was going to go to Moab, and there he would set up home with his wife and sons. And things seemed to go on okay for a while. They had escaped the famine. They were able to live normally in the land of Moab. But then Elimelech passed away. And Naomi was left as a widow. A number of years went past. Her two sons married. And then again, trouble came to the family. First, one son died. And then the next son died. And you can imagine the grief and the sorrow that there must have been in the heart of Naomi. There she was in a strange land, away from her home country. No husband, no sons, two daughters-in-law. And she didn't know how she was going to provide for them or for her. And so she makes the decision. She is going to return to Bethlehem. And if you read through the first chapter of this book, it seems as if Naomi was still curious about what was happening back in Bethlehem and in her own country. Because it says that she had heard that the Lord had visited his people. And when Naomi had heard that the Lord had visited his people, she wanted to return. And so I'm sure you're familiar with the story. She says to her daughters-in-law, go back to your own people because I'm going back to my own people. One of them did. Ruth said, where you go, I go. Where your home is, my home will be. Your God will be my God. And so they come back to that place called Bethlehem. And as they're standing there just on the outskirts of the town, there's a bit of a stir because the women there notice that Naomi comes back and they come out to meet her. They're glad to see her. But no, Naomi has no gladness in her heart because if you look there at the end of chapter one she says there in verse 20 do not call me Naomi call me Mara for the almighty has dealt very bitterly with me Naomi means pleasant 
Mara means bitter. And she says to her friends, don't call me pleasant. Don't call me someone who's happy and contented. Call me bitter because the hand of the Lord has been against me. Maybe you've come to church tonight and you are weighed down with worries and concerns and fears. I hope that as we work through the next number of verses, that you will be encouraged that even though God does not promise his people health and prosperity and a pain-free life, what he does promise is to lavish his love upon us because he loves us with an everlasting love. And so whenever we come into Ruth chapter 2, there are three very simple things that I want you to see here about the life of Ruth as she goes back to Bethlehem with Naomi. First of all, Ruth recognizes her predicament. Look what she says there in the words that we're using as our text. She says to Boaz, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Some versions translate foreigner as stranger. Whatever translation you prefer, Ruth felt an outsider. She felt a stranger. She felt someone who didn't belong. And of course, that wasn't just a feeling that didn't have any basis in truth. Because we're told here in the word of God that Ruth came from the country of Moab. And that's significant because it means that she didn't come from the covenant people of God. She was not descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so spiritually, she was an outsider. And she recognized that there was this predicament. She is someone from the land of Moab. But it's slightly worse than that. Because if you know your Bible, you'll be aware that often in Scripture, the people of Moab had the judgment of God upon them. For example, in one occasion, God said that the sons of Moab were not allowed to come into his house for a certain number of generations. If you read through the book of Psalms, on one occasion, God describes Moab as his wash pot and you can think of that for a moment there's a wash pot just an ordinary vessel in which you would do your washing and it's dirty water because the clothes have been in it and have been washed there and God says Moab is just like a wash pot something that's despised something of no significance and here's Ruth the Moabite And she knows she's an outsider. And of course, that reminds us of what we are outside of Jesus Christ. The Bible makes it clear that if we're not in Christ, we are alienated from him. If you read through Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about being strangers to the covenant of promise. 
aliens to the commonwealth of Israel. In other words, we're the outsiders. We're the outcasts. We're the ones who don't belong. And I wonder in your heart tonight, do you recognize that that is you? Yes, you come along to church. You're part of the worship services here Sunday by Sunday. But your spiritual predicament is this. You're not in Christ. You don't belong to Christ because you've never received him as your savior. Ruth recognized her predicament. But then I want you to see secondly that Boaz intervenes in the life of Ruth. That's what the whole story is about. And if you get time later this evening or through the week, I encourage you to read through the four chapters of this book. Of course, at one level, it's a love story. Boaz in chapter two sees Ruth in the harvest fields and his heart is drawn towards her. And he makes some inquiries. Who is that girl? I don't know her. Never seen her before. Where is she from? And of course, we read through the chapters and we see how the love story between Ruth and Boaz unfolds. But of course, whenever we think about the Old Testament, it is all pointing forward to Christ. And here, there, and yonder on the pages of the Old Testament, we see glimpses of our Savior. Sometimes we are given clear views of Christ, such as Isaiah chapter 53. Other times through stories, God teaches us that there is coming one who will love us with an everlasting love. And so it is with Ruth and Boaz. Because Boaz was going to intervene in the life of Ruth as her redeemer. He was going to bring her in. He was going to take her from that position of being a foreigner and a stranger and an outcast. And someone then who had a part in the covenant people of God and who belonged to the Lord. So very quickly, I want you to see a couple of things of how Boaz is the redeemer and how he intervenes in the life of Ruth. You'll notice there in verse four of Ruth chapter two that it says that Boaz came from Bethlehem. We've already been told in verse one of Ruth chapter two that Boaz was a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech. So immediately we have this person who's a man of integrity, a man who can be trusted, and a man who comes from the covenant people of God because, of course, he is from Bethlehem. And do you not stop and think that there was someone else who was born in Bethlehem, someone else who can be trusted 100%. Because Jesus Christ is that person who humbled himself and entered into this world. But then if you look there at the end, towards the end of Ruth chapter 2, you'll see there in verse 20 
Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, This man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. We haven't time to go into it in detail tonight, but the Old Testament law set out legal obligations for the redeemer. This was not just a title that someone took to themselves. They had a position established by law. They had to be near of kin. They had to come from the descendancy of Abraham. They had to be someone who was able and willing and powerful enough to redeem. And if you take the time to read through Ruth, you'll discover that's exactly who Boaz is. There's an interesting twist in the story because when Boaz and Ruth consider their future, Boaz says to Ruth, in effect, there's a problem because even though I am a relative of Naomi's and her late husband's, and even though I have legal rights as a redeemer in the family circle, there is someone who potentially is closer to Naomi than me. And so what happens is Boaz sets up a meeting with this other man. And he says to this other person, look, here's Naomi who's come back from Moab. She has a daughter-in-law, but there's a bit of ground. And you're the closest redeemer. And you have the right to buy back the ground. And of course, the man wanted to increase his farm. And he said, yes, I'll buy back the ground. But then Boaz turned round and said, if you take the ground, you have to redeem Ruth as well. And in effect, you have to take her as your wife. And that was a deal breaker for that other redeemer. And he was not prepared to redeem Ruth. And so Boaz steps in. And he's the one who is willing to redeem Ruth. To take her as his wife. And for her to be part of the people of God. We want to be careful not to stretch the type too far, but you will all know that the law could never save us. None of us could ever live up to God's holy standards. But what the law could not do, Jesus Christ has done. And he has stepped in as our Redeemer. And he has become our substitute. And he has died for us and conquered sin and hell and the grave. And so my question to you is this tonight. Has the heavenly Boaz, the Lord Jesus Christ, intervened in your life? Has he stepped in? Have you accepted him? as he is offered to you in the gospel. Do you belong 
to his family and to his people. But then lastly, not only do we see here that Ruth has the intervention of Boaz, her redeemer, not only do we see that she recognized her predicament, but as we come to the closing chapters of Ruth, we see that Ruth has a secure future. Turn over, if you would, just a page or two to Ruth chapter 4. And we read that Ruth and Boaz are married. And the women in verse 14 say to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. I want you to see the scene. There's a large farm in Bethlehem. Boaz owns it. There's been this great wedding of Ruth the Moabite and Boaz the wealthy landowner who's her redeemer and the foreigner and the stranger and the outcast is brought in and is married to Boaz and then the Lord blesses her with a child. And we read there in verse 16 that Naomi takes the child in her arms and looks after that little one. Gone is the hardship of Moab and bereavement and death and grief. The Lord has stepped in not only to the life of Ruth, but the life of Naomi. And she holds there the child of Ruth and Boaz. And I'm sure you know your Bible and you know that the genealogy of Matthew's gospel tells us that from this child came the Lord Jesus Christ according to his earthly generation. What a transformation Ruth experienced because of the love and the kindness of another. And tonight as we close our thoughts on this chapter, I want to remind you that God loves you. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if we bring our thoughts right back to our call to worship, he is the one who is worthy of our praise because he has loved us and redeemed us and called us to himself. Tell me, do you know the love of the Lord in forgiveness and in salvation? And if you're a child of God, regardless of what happens this week, be assured 
that the Lord is your Redeemer. The Lord has bought you with the precious price of his blood. And he'll never let you go. And one day you will see him face to face and be with him forever and ever.